What's happening, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Jester Radio. Today's guest flew in from Cape Town. You know, that's the first time someone's ever done that. Chris, bro, thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I mean, content is content. Bro, you're exactly right. And the thing is, you had a pretty rough day today at the airport. You had some, you know, people losing your luggage. Did they send it off on a different flight? What happened? So there was a, I took a transfer flight and they sent it off to the wrong airport. Like, I don't know, something messed up. So I didn't get my luggage yet. But you've got it now. I've got it now. After six hours of waiting. Jeez, at least, bro. So you came out straight from the airport. Pretty much. I woke up at four o'clock this morning and I just left the airport at one o'clock. So it's been... Crazy. It's been a mission. It's been a day. Bro, the main thing I want to start off with is your back, bro. How did you break your back? You can use the code BEACHBODY and save 20% off on all orders. You want to get beach ready. If you're at the beach and you want to maintain your physique... Beach body save twenty percent off. Yeah, so um, five months ago, I broke my spine and underwent a spinal operation. Um, so three years ago, I had like a little bit of an accident on the Smith machine. Pretty much clipped it in, or assumed I did. Didn't clip it in, and that sort of hundred kilogram weight just fell on my back, and that caused like a minor impingement and a minor herniation. Crazy. Then most recently, did a leg press, went way too hard. Um, and I just had a butt wink. So pretty much a butt wink when your ass raises from the seat. Didn't brace properly, and I just pretty much felt my whole glute tear apart in a matter of like... <laughs> I was like, ah, that's not great. Continued to do cardio thereafter, and the next morning, I literally couldn't walk. So that was... A so what shock. was like the scientific diagnosis? Scientific diagnosis was a double herniation of the L5-S1 and L... It's been so long ago. So, so but, but essentially, it is breaking your back? It is, yes. Okay. So... The nerve, so that that break in the back caused me caused like a nerve damage down the left leg. Dude, so it was not. Could have been better. Could have been worse. It definitely could have been worse. And you obviously made an amazing recovery from that. Still went and did a show. But let's go pre back injury. Let's talk about Love Island. Not really about your time on Love Island. All of that. I want to talk about the psychology of Love Island. Pulling out the archives, yeah. Yeah, and the entering of Love Island sure and, thing. you know, your motive behind entering because I've been watching certain podcasts from people that used to be on, like, obviously, the British one or whatever, and their insights into being on it after the fact. And I want to, like, obviously chat to you about why did you enter? What was your goals by entering? Well... To be honest, it is, it is a, to a large degree a business decision. Um, that would have really given me a great platform to get a good audience with not so much effort. That accompanied with the fact that it's fun. I've always been the type of dude to go out of my comfort zone and try new things and do fun things. Love Island was a fun way to, and a cool way to go about that. Um, I've been creating content prior to Love Island as well. And that just would have fallen very well into place with it, the direction that I wanted to take my life in. So I knew that I wasn't going to go into some sort of a nine-to-five job where Love Island would be a hindrance. I knew that Love Island would only be a positive thing no matter what the outcome. Yeah, because that, that, that guy that was actually talking about it, and his name's Chris, he was on, I don't know which you know season or whatever of the UK one, and he essentially said, you know, these people are given, obviously in the UK you like, if you do well, you get millions of followers and that kind of stuff. Where South Africa, you know, if you get up to a hundred from being on, I am amazing. so buttered that we did not get verifications. That was like the, that was the whole Love Island gang was like, dude, we didn't get any verification. Only Tumna actually. I think I think the biggest thing about verifications is there has to be enough articles about oh, yeah, you, like just sure. on Google and that kind of stuff. Yeah, see, I think that if I'm, I stand created, there should be five or six or eight. I think eight, eight articles about you. And then you can be or request verification. Yeah. So essentially he said like these people that enter Love Island 
are given this level of fame with minimal effort. And, you know, you did mention that as well, you know, getting a name out there publicly with less effort. And essentially that's what we reward as a society is, you know, you can still, you know, be on the same level as a Conor McGregor by doing Love Island. He has now gone and, you know, fought and sacrificed and gone through all of these things. But as a society, we reward people that go on Love Island almost the same level of praise. You could see it as that. Um, however, Conor McGregor's got the advantage of he's been consistent with it. Every day he showed up, every day he's trained, every day he's fought. He's been in the game. Whereas with Love Islanders, what you see often, you see it now as well, that they get this big influx of fame, they don't really utilize it and they fall off. Mm. And, that's, and that's what tends to happen a lot. So it's like with success in business. Keep growing your business, it'll be... Um, prosperous later on and like at some point it will and you'll continue to be prosperous but like if you just sort of get a quick success you probably don't know you won't be able to like sustain it yeah well essentially it takes lots of work afterwards to sustain it so yes maybe initially all you needed to be is a fun charismatic person on the show get great level success but then afterwards if you don't maintain that if you don't maintain your own personal brand you'll just drop off the scene so there's still work that goes into it after the fact exactly for sure you got to stay relevant you got to keep posting just sort of remind people that you exist i guess that's the thing and sort of keep your personality keep and also a big thing is that people remember you from Love Island. So that personality that you displayed so openly on Love Island is something that it's sort of attached to you throughout like your whole online presence for like a, a fair amount of time thereafter as well. You don't have much online, I mean, much um, Love Island content anymore. No, really have tried you tried to push away? I have tried. I have. I removed it from my bio quite soon after the show. Um, I, I didn't want to just be seen as a pretty face. Um, I'm a knowledgeable person in the realm of fitness and like, I'm really good at coaching people. And at the end of the day, that is my business. Um, I never want to be this celebrity. I want to be a celebrity in the fitness scape. I want to be a known person in the fitness realm in South Africa and internationally. Mm. So, you know, you said you had the goal before you went on of obviously trying to build a name. Did you have the coaching in mind before you went on or was it, you know, to build the name? And then once you had built the name, like, well, let me use this name to start this coaching. Definitely, see, so when you when you launch a business, that's when you probably get like a big amount of influx, and that was the idea with Love Island, that I would go on Love Island, amass this good leverage, and use the leverage, launch the fitness business, and I did, and it did really well. It was a good business decision. So it was, you know, you thought about it before that oh, yes. you know you're going to get the no, followers. It is, it is preemptive. It is very preemptive. Okay, but was it particularly fitness, or was it something along the lines of I'm going to launch a business when my following you know increases, or was it particularly coaching? I always leaned quite hard into the fitness side of things. Um, I wasn't sure what else I would do. I also modeled at the time quite a bit, so it would have been nice if modeling could have kicked off as well. But at the end of the day, modeling had a few requirements that didn't align with my sort of idea of life, <laughs> mm. um, and so it just didn't really work with me it didn't sit well with me i didn't want to continue it long term what requirements were those well i mean i would get told often that like chris you're too big chris you're too bulky and like for me i think rather than sort of trying to push me into like a commercial scape or like a um, e-commerce scape for a look rather push me into sort of a fitness model look and some and just ate my particular agency just didn't capitalize on that so essentially you know you have goals of looking a particular way and, you know, you have a mindset of working towards these goals, regardless of, you know, what other people tell you, you need to look a certain way to fit the mold of what they want you to be. I mean, there's always going to be people who has an opinion of how you should look. 
if you spend your time trying to focus on that, you'll go insane. There's no point. There's a thousand people chirping at you from all angles to do this, to act this way, to look this way. At the end of the day, you should just be happy in yourself and happy in the idea of where you want to be. Because if you look a certain way for someone else, it's not going to last long and it's going to feel weird. It's not, it's not going to feel genuine. And not being genuine to yourself is probably like the biggest disservice you can do to yourself. Yeah. Well, you obviously now after this back injury have then done a show. And that's also something, obviously, we'll talk... Just to clarify, a bodybuilding show. Yeah, we'll, t- yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, not a TV show. Not another TV show. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, we'll talk about what it took to recover, and we'll get to that, but more with bodybuilding and how you just said, you know, somebody is telling you that you must look a certain way or they're judging you or they're, you know, all these different inputs. That's essentially also what bodybuilding is. You know, you were, obviously, you did win that show, but you still have judges telling you, you know, you're good enough or you're not good enough or either that person's better than you. Whereas sometimes it's not really, it's super subjective. You know, it's to the criteria. And people get in their own heads where like if they don't win a show, now they think, you know, there's something wrong with them because that fat judge who probably hasn't competed in 30 years said that they're not good enough. But this is, that's the point where you have to understand the situation as to you're at a bodybuilding show why are you doing it? Are you doing it to impress the judges or are you doing it for yourself to place first? Like, at some point you have to understand that the world isn't always out to get you and that sometimes it's not fair and sometimes it's maybe subjective, which it is. But don't hate the game. Just sort of look at it, understand it, work smart, not hard, and adapt and overcome and come back better next time. But then you can't, obviously don't judge your self-worth on like what a judge says. But at the end of the day, what they want is what they're going to choose. So regardless of how hard you work and, you know, certain things that you do, you still might not be what they want. You know, there's been people that work hard and because they're doing, you know, maybe fitness and not what they're doing with a girl, you know, if they do bikini and they work really hard and they get too shredded, now they're not good enough to win. So I think, you know, with competing, obviously, I mean, I've done like eight shows. You can't go in there to try win, actually, because it's completely subjective on the day. I mean, judging criteria change every single year. Obviously, you must go in to win and do your yeah. best. But if you don't win, don't think now oh, I've got a terrible physique because I didn't win. Whereas, you know, you could have won the previous week, the previous year, but they've just changed, you know, the criteria. You need to just go in every single year to look better than what you looked the previous time and judge yourself worth on the improvements you've made as a person. Exactly. I agree with that statement. That mindset of self-improvement is great. Um, you mentioned earlier with the, that uh, when you, for instance, if you don't place first and you think, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't look good, that's a very self-destructive mindset. And that mindset also tends to be circulatory in terms of like it, it goes back and forth, back and forth. And that's like a really bad hole to fall into. And like I recommend that if anyone is there, that they really get out of that. It's not healthy. Yeah. There's yeah. actually a quote. Mm. I, was, I was chatting to someone the other day and they said something or it was like self-deprecating and they, it was obviously, you know, basically, you know, degrading themselves. And I'm trying to was find... It in a funny way or in an actual... It was in, in okay. a joking way, but okay. even jokingly, you shouldn't. So the quote, well, obviously, I mean, most people know this. It's like an old Japanese proverb. Do not speak bad of yourself. For the warrior within hears your words and is lessened by them. Okay. So even if you're thinking badly about yourself, you're going to somehow be affected by it. Even if, you know, 
we're talking now, I say a mm. word wrong, and then I'm like, oh man, I'm so stupid. Even that is negative, and even that can have effects on you as a person. So you should never think less of yourself, and obviously don't think amazing things of yourself and have these delusions of grandeur where you think, you know, you're amazing and you're led by ego, but don't always think less of yourself and degrade yourself because those negative thoughts do, you know, have a domino effect of just always being negative and always being negative. I think that in life, I agree with that, but I think in life you should make everything that you have control over as positive as possible. And the things that you don't have control over, and this is this was my mindset when I broke my back. Um, I broke my back. The fact that it's fucked and the fact that I'm unable to move, that's a constant. That's like, that's not going to change no matter what my mindset is. But, but I can still go for a walk on the promenade by the ocean. I can still talk to my friends and have good conversation. I can still progress in business, make some money, have small wins. I can still make my whole surrounding and mindset positive and just leave what is, what I can't change, leave that to be. Leave that the way it is and just sort of, it's going to surpass. At some point, that shit thing is going to be over and done with. Mm. So, true. Wow, it's a very stoic mindset. You yes, know? I love stoicism. Yeah. I, that's the, I, um, what's the word? I thank stoicism yeah. profusely for getting me through the, the rough time and even day to day. Yeah, well, that's essentially like number one rule. Mm. You know, Marcus Aurelius says, focus on what you can control, that which you can't, you discard. Exactly. You know, you don't have control. Uh, like, you now broken back. What can you do? Nothing. You can be positive. All you can control is your mindset. And that positive mindset can help you recover better than a negative mindset. You know, I have a friend whose dad, unfortunately, has cancer. And these doctors have said, the only way they see that he has progressed and, you know, helped himself and kept going for as long as he can is through his mindset. There's nothing else that has been, you know, they've been doing the same amount of medication and he's been doing so well compared to other people in a similar position. And they said they don't know how he's doing so well. They say it can only be through that positive mindset that he has. Mindset. A positive mindset just leads to small habits in a day where you just... Like positive mindset leads to you walking more. Positive mindset leads to you drinking more water. Like I know it's silly examples, but that's a very big overflow effect that it has. So yeah, just having a good mindset is just dandy, bro. Yeah. It's just it's just great. And also obviously, you know, having you had a positive mindset uh -huh. with uh, the breaking of your back, but you know, were there times where you obviously I assume there oh, were yes. times where it was difficult yeah, and there were times I, where you weren't very stoic. You know, how did you get through those times? What did you do? What did you read? Um so we're in, in, in times when I wasn't really feeling the best and was like, when I was feeling a little bit depressive, um, I immediately thought back to the fact that this feeling of sorrow and despair is, once again, it's, it's temporary. I'm like, okay, cool. Allow yourself to feel that way. You were a prime athlete. You were amazing. You looked great. You were at your prime and then you broke your back. Yes, you are going to feel sad. But that's cool. Let yourself feel sad. That's normal. Don't bundle it up and just not express your emotions. Like I would, I, luckily I had a dad and I would call him and I would cry for hours. And I was just like, dad, I'm so sad. I can't do this. And I had a little bit of escape. But also, even if I didn't, I mean, I just, you know, just allow yourself to be sad. Allow yourself to lie in the bed for the whole day, sulk and watch YouTube and eat chips and be a fat shit. But come back from it. Don't, don't stay in that position for too long. That's what I, I just, I allowed myself flexibility in emotion, flexibility in sort of ability as yeah. well, just everything. Yeah, I think, you know, 
in today's society, I think obviously there is obviously greater mental health awareness in general. But, you know, there are, I think, a lot of factors that come into play that can affect people's mental health way more than maybe what it was back in the day. Maybe I'm wrong. But it just feels like, at least through technology and the awareness of mental health, maybe it's just discussed more. But it does seem like, you know, there's more issues and people are riddled with different things a lot more than maybe, you know, even our parents' generation. Maybe they just obviously bottled it up, as you said. But at the end of the day, you kind of just need an, I think you probably do the same, if I am feeling, you know, anxious or if I'm feeling stressed, you kind of, you look at why you're feeling those things. So, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling this way. Why? X, Y, and Z. What can I do to change those? X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Let's put those into place. Instead of just saying, oh, I'm feeling stressed. No, don't allow yourself to feel stressed and then bottle it up and push it away. Yeah, no. And I think because obviously, I mean, so stoicism has greatly changed and improved my life. And there's certain things where I would, when I was, let's say, pre-Stoic or whatever, I would have these emotions and I would let them control me. I would let the fear of X, I would let, you know, certain things, you know, control my actions. Mm. And that's not healthy. You know, allowing any emotion to control you isn't healthy. And I think also a lot of people think Stoicism is having no emotion. It's not having no emotion. It's understanding your emotion and understanding why you're feeling them and what can be done to improve them. I was, one day I was at gym. I didn't feel like training. I was, you know, stressed about work, stressed about, okay, well, am I making as much money as last month? You know, having all these, you know, thoughts in my head, which obviously everyone has. They just clouded. Yeah, and I was clouded and I was like, I don't feel like training. Then I went home. And then I need to make dinner. I was like, no, I don't feel like eating healthy. I'm going to order takeaways. And I was like, no, this isn't, you know, progressive. Let me sit down. I took a book. I wrote down 15 reasons why I feel the way I do. And then I wrote, you know, two reasons or two actions for each on how to improve that. And after that, when I wrote down 15 reasons why I might be feeling stressed or I might be feeling anxious, you know, just putting it pen to paper actually helped me clarify the, you know, the anxiety or the fears that I was having and I was going through my mind and then actions and, you know, protocols to go through after that. And then it was amazing. I still had a healthy meal. I sat down and I worked for another two hours in the evening and I was, you know, an hour before that, completely just being like, oh, it doesn't matter. Let me just give up a little bit here. Let me just not eat healthy tonight. Give up on my training. Whereas just putting it down pen to paper, journaling, looking at why I was feeling, what can I do to improve it? You know, completely helped me and sort it out. And that's stoicism, essentially. And it's not ignoring those emotions. It's addressing them and seeing how to move forward. But also what you did there is you took it step by step. You, because you were initially worried about the fact that you got all this shit to do. But then you're like, hey, wait a minute, bro. It's actually, no, nah, it's actually, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Why? When do, what, so choose one to start with. And that's, that's what happens with a lot of people. They're like, oh, I've got, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to call her. I've got to do this meeting. I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish this essay. And the thing is, they spend more time fucking worrying about all the crap that they have to do that they don't actually do anything. And it just gets worse. It's a compound effect. Just digging a deeper hole. Mm. Just <laughs> understand the situation and start working. Yeah. Just, just be like, cool. Let me just start with something. Sit down, essay, cool, let me start planning out paragraphs, whatever, for example. So now, you know, the injury, you mm. know, moving past that broken back and going into a show, obviously it wasn't like you broke your back and then you slowly started, obviously you did slowly 
progress but it wasn't like okay well in a year's time i'm going to compete or in you know two years time when i feel ready i'm gonna do it you obviously competed quite quickly after the injury yeah so um i think it was about five four months i say four months five yeah five months after the operation then i was like at that don't worry bro sorry all good (laughs) no worries bro Back to action. Um, yeah, so five months after I sort of broke the back, th- it was at that point that I really wanted to just get a good summer body. So I was cutting, but at no point was it like a hardcore bodybuilding cut. Um, and actually, the motivation to <laughs> the motivation to start the show is I saw a friend who was competing in the show, and to my opinion, we were at the same conditioning. I'm like, sick. If he can compete, there's no fucking chance that I am not going to compete. Um, so pretty much. I made the decision maybe on the Friday and that Saturday morning I called a coach. I was like, yo, dude, um, which you can watch on my YouTube. I documented the whole thing. Um, I called him like, yo, dude, listen, can I come into the gym? You check out my conditioning and we make a plan. And then he said, yes, let's do it. And then we had seven days, Saturday to the Saturday <laughs> to prep for the show. Um, this being the first bodybuilding show I've ever done. I've never done any type of hardcore dieting like that. Um, because my, my approach to dieting is a lot more holistic, whereas with your conve- with a conventional sort of bodybuilding prep, it would be rice and chicken and no real sauce, no real spice, um, that type of vibe. My approach to losing weight is pancakes and noodle pad thai and stuff like that, really nice food, um, and bagels and stuff. So that's how I would approach, just because I like eating food while cutting. So that was difficult for me. And also what gave me hardcore PTSD was the fact that I had to sauna every fucking day for I think half an hour like at least half an hour that killed me that was that was actually traumatic um and also like I had to learn posing which was hilarious bro like <laughs> you posing stuff bro posing stuff I do like I used to do all the TikTok videos and stuff for the posing and I was like yeah I got this I don't got this it was it was an art it was crazy I sucked <laughs> um but that's what's also cool is the fact that I sucked and I know that I can do better there's so much room for improvement Whereas, so you, it's cool that you can understand the thing. Um, would I do another one? Sure. I'd definitely love to do another show where I bring like a really full package because I know I, I can get really lean and I know that I can like work hard for it. So there's that. Um, I don't think I'll do bodybuilding long-term though. It's just a very, it's a very rough sport. It's, it's very sort of, it takes a lot out of you um, and, and some people take it to an unhealthy level. And I like to be healthy and, and mm. sort of long, longevity is the name of the game for me. You know, you mentioned saunering and, you know, there's a lot of biohacking that people are trying to do now, cold plunges, saunas, all of that. Do you do anything like, you know, and Joe Rogan, you know, I if, if cold plunge. Okay. So like every morning waking up before anything, hopping in a cold plunge, three minutes, you know, less about the, physical benefits more about the mental benefits the mental stimulus the mental you know i have to suffer now so that any other suffering in the day is easier or what are you so like that's what that's what i do you know i I sit in the sauna less actually about obviously when i was competing and doing the saunering that's obviously trying to obviously shed as much water and those kind of things but now it's kind of you know subjecting yourself to a level of stress so that any other stress that comes in the day, I mean, big whoop. Y'all, you know, that guy cut in front of me after sitting in traffic. Like, I'm not suffering. 
I'm not suffering. I'm sitting in a warm car. Like it's relaxed. I know that lots of people are like, yo, I do it for the hardcoreness. I want to be, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't relate. Um, it's that, that's just never been, I've never been the type of person to get angry. At. For, like the, for the example that you mentioned, getting angry at someone cutting in front of me. Um, and in terms of suffering, it's never, it's never like a, yo, I've got to do this now. Like for instance, like if I had to run, like I don't like running. If I had to run a marathon, I'd be like, shit, I'll fucking die, but I'll still do it. It's not like a, I take a very happy approach to fitness. And I find that the general consensus is like, you have to be a hardcore dude and you got to suffer. And I'm like, no, fuck that, bro. Do it because you like it. Cold plant because it's nice. Cold plant because you like cucking up for a little bit of time and then recovering from it. Go sit in the sauna, sweat your balls off, but enjoy it afterwards. Like, enjoy the suffering. Like, make it a game. Make it a fun game. Don't make it this, this super serious um journey to evolution or journey to sort of whatever yes but do it because it's fun that's what i like do it because it's fun do it because but suff suffering can be fun that's what i said but don't because they want to be like yeah no, like i want to they said like, like in the, the joe rogan thing yeah. like oh, you gotta you gotta suffer in the cold plunge so that you any suffering in the day is it does, doesn't really matter i feel like that's such a serious approach to it be like yo dude try new things suffer it out um, and just be happy in general. Don't do that because you want to have a result. Do the the sauna or the cold plunge because you want to do it. Like, don't do something and expect something as a result. Do something because you want, just want to do it. Yeah, I think, you know, you should do a cold plunge if it's because you enjoy the suffering or it's just to suffer in general, but the net gain needs to be positive. So if you're doing it, and you hate it and it makes you anxious and before okay, you yes. do it then you're annoyed with people or afterwards you're frustrated or you you look at someone who's never suffered and you <laughs> talk badly about them like that kind of stuff then the net gain is obviously it's, yes, no, there's, a, there's no gain but if you actively are seeking suffering and it makes you a better person because you're doing it cool or if you're doing it because you love the you know subjecting yourself to something that's stressful and you find it fun good as well agree by no means please don't do this if you don't enjoy it like yeah. there must be enjoyment from it otherwise it doesn't yeah. make sense like don't go skydiving if you if, you, if you're gonna shit yourself and but know. there could be benefit in that yes yes if you truly are scared to do something and you absolutely hate it and you put yourself through that like obviously don't always do that but to you know Go through those fears and, you know, obviously put yourself in a completely vulnerable position. There will be benefit from that as well. Just use your brain, essentially. Just yeah. make an informed decision. <laughs> so you say, obviously, bodyboarding, not long-term, mm. holistic approach to fitness. Now, personal mindset for you. Because I, I know, and I'll talk about, you know, my own journey with, you know, how I see myself in general. But how is it for you, you know, doing a show looking a certain way, being very lean, then not always being able to look that lean. You know, mentally, how do you cope with that kind of thing? I found solace in the fact that I was in better conditioning at the beginning of the year prior to my back operation than when I stood on stage. Um, and I know, it's just because of my genetics, um, I, I know, and not everyone shares, not everyone has the same genetics and the same structure, but I know that I can quite easily maintain a low body fat percentage and... A, like sustained muscle so that's a positive in my thing um but if in terms of mindset like for instance you go on the stage you are super lean 
Um, and obviously you come back from the show and you're not that lean. That's life. Life goes in ups and downs. At some point in life you have a proper back. At some point in life you have a broken back. At some point you're lean. At some point you're not lean. At some point you have a lot of money. At some point you don't have a lot of money. That's the journey of life. And the thing is if you, if you don't enjoy the journey of life, of bodybuilding, of anything, you're not going to have a fun time. If you're going into this for the end result of that stage look, you're going to have a rough time. You're not going to have a fun time because you are going to be so caught up on the fact that you are not eight-pack, lean, shreddy, vascular, serrated to the gills. You're not going to have a fun time knowing that you look like that. No, you don't look like that. And you probably don't look acceptable to yourself. Same with business. It just applies. If you, if you are fixated on having a million, a million bucks and then you have this million bucks like sick, but then sort of something happens and you lose this financial gain that you, or the financial status that you have, you'd be horrible. But if you like the grind set, if you like hustling and you like sort of making moves and making cash and wherever you can, you'll keep on doing that. And that's, that's longevity. Mm. Well, there was that a video that I saw is the man that loves walking is going to walk so much further than the person that's just trying to obviously get to the destination. Exactly. Exactly. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. yeah that's perfect. perfect. And I mean, so even like Gary Vee always speaks about, you know, you don't, you shouldn't be doing something where you have to take a break. You shouldn't be, you know, in terms of business, let's say you shouldn't be working for the weekend. You shouldn't be working to go on holiday, especially now. I mean, most people are here in the gym all the time. It's like, when, when you go on holiday, when you like, and I'm just thinking it's like, real. bro, <laughs> I'm going away, but I'm still working. I look forward to work. I love work. I, I, find, I find it strange when I, when I see my friends be like, yo, I'm on vacation, but I'm like, fuck, bro. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, I'm always creating content. I'm always checking in with clients. I'm always sort of doing the stuff. It's like, I'm never really, but it doesn't really feel that intense. Mm. Like I think that's also when you don't have a boss. Yeah. You don't have someone looking over your shoulder making sure you do everything it when you are your own boss. Yeah, it is intense, but it's not like there's no there's no need for an off switch. Yeah. yeah. Also because you are accountable for yourself. So if you don't work, you don't make money. Exactly. Whereas if you've got a boss and you don't work, you're probably going to get fired. Or it goes overlooked and you get a salary. Depends how you do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and also, you know, you mentioned life's ebbs, ebbs and flows, you know, the changes in physiques, bodies, all of that, you know, and people have their opinions on Andrew Tate, but he has a lot of great things that he says. And, you know, the one thing was, why are you grumpy today in anticipation for something else? Why are you constantly, you know, negative or for such minimal things, you know, why are you getting upset about a flat tire? Like, dude, it's a flat tire. Big whoop. Yeah. Someone's going to die in the future. That's going to be something big. Like, don't get upset about such minimal things. That person cut you off in traffic. Who cares? That taxi did this. Who cares? They like, lost the luggage. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yes, it can be stressful, but at the end of the day, them losing your luggage you cannot control. Exactly. You can control your outlook after that. I had a freaking, I had a Nando's burger. I was chilling. I was like waiting. I was checking DMs. I was, I was vibing. It was fun. And now, you know, with your competition looking a certain way and social media and posting those photos, how do you manage that landscape in terms of, you know, posting super shredded photos, then maybe going to a building phase in your physique and not looking as lean. That's maybe right. you don't get as many followers because you're not as shredded. Like mentally, how do you, navigate that that's actually that's a really rough thing especially in the fitness scape um 
I try to do everything natural. Um, I do do everything natural. Um, and obviously being natural, you can't be as shredded all the time, especially with like my sort of history with the back operation and stuff. And sad truth is that if you post a not, or like if you post a fluffy photo, you won't look, get as many likes and as much reach and as much engagement from a lean photo. But that's also the point we have to like reassess why you're posting the photo. In my position, I'm posting content to sort of educate and provide value. Whereas someone who's not doing this as a business, posts a show to speak and just wants to show like, hey, damn, I look great. Validation. Yeah, validate. Well, not, ugh, whatever. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be validation, but yeah. Um, I don't really mind because me posting a, a photo of myself not looking as great shows that I am not this unrelatable person. Like I also have ups and downs and that shows personality. And at the end of the day, people like seeing that. Let's be real. People like... People don't want to look at these super shredded dudes all the time because they know that's not going to be them. But they know that they can also get shredded, really shredded at one point. But then they can also, they, at some point, can also be quite fluffy. And it's okay to be that way. And that people would sometimes look at me and be like, oh, yeah, people accept him. And sometimes they look at themselves and be like, oh, no, but I'm, I don't look this certain way, so I'm not accepted. And that just shows that that's not the case. People don't actually care how you look. They care more about you as a person and your personality. And essentially, if you look at a men's health magazine, obviously the guys in men's health still look amazing and are shredded and everything, but men's health will outsell a bodybuilder magazine every time because men's health is more attainable to the general public. It's more relatable. It's something that those people can aspire to. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yes, a bodybuilding physique might be, you know, admirable to the general public, mm -hmm. but it's not something that, you know, might be more popular because very people, yeah, people want to go for something or be more interested in something that's attainable, not something that's unrelatable because, you know, the, the, the amount of muscle that a bodybuilder professional would have. For example, like I am by no means at that standard, but I've had girls come up to be like, like you're scary big. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't think of myself as scary big. And I can you imagine what people think of bodybuilders? They're intimidating. They're very intimidating people. I mean, there are these absolute mass monsters that are just shredded to the gills, veins. It's, it's scary to look at. Whereas with like a fitness magazine, every person can appreciate beauty. And those men are like, they really, they are not too lean. They are so well defined. They, live, they look healthy. They look like they've got their shit together. And but we both know shredded. that those guys are very, very shredded. Yes. They've probably been softened. Like those guys that are on the cover of Men's Health, they look amazing. Like they probably are your, you know, your men's physique yes. oaks that yeah. are competing. It's not actually what the general public think it is. Those bodies that are actually on yeah. the cover of Men's Health are just as unattainable as the bodyboarding physiques. Just the bodyboarding physiques took more juice. Because those guys, like those guys are Men's Health. I disagree. If you look at your Steve Cooks, if you look at your Ryan Terry's, all those oaks have been on men's health. Obviously, now they've got more muscle. But those bodies are just as unattainable as a bodyboarder is. Those bodies took as much dedication and training and sacrifice, maybe just over a less period of time with less gear. Possibly. I want to hear your... Des des I, I think that men's... Not every men's health cover guy has been or is a bodybuilder. And very often or not, they're just sort of an athlete. Not a bodybuilder, yeah. but they've got the level of physique that the general public will never actually get. The same way they'll never get a bodybuilding physique. Are you considered general public? No. Not because, you've, because you're a bodybuilder? No, I'm not a bodybuilder. But essentially, I know, I'm not even trying to sound vain or arrogant, but the general public won't look like me. General public won't look like you. But the general pub public has the ability to. No. 
You don't think so? No. To look, I think, so, I think, I so, think that any guy, yeah. given, let's let's be let's be like realistic, three years, three years of just sort of showing up to the gym every day, watching that. Yes, diet. yes, the ability to. Yes, but they can't. They Why won't they? be able to because people are too weak-minded to yes, be able to do I it. I fully agree with that. Yeah, like, yes, they yes. have the genetic capability <laughs> to, but they might not have the resilience and the ability to sacrifice as much as you and I would that suffer. Is, that I can get behind. Yes, that is true. Like, that's what it's I mean by game. those bodies on men's health are as much unattainable as a bodybuilding physique for like the general public. Context, yes. yeah, because no, the, ge true. the general public won't sacrifice the same way that the person did who's on the men's health cover. The general public won't train the same way those people have been training. I mean, I was fishing the men's health um, some time ago and just the preparation that went to that shoot alone, that was like hardcore. You really, like, I mean, you've got, it's, it's, it's like a light version of a bodybuilding show. You've got to sort of de um, dehydrate yourself. You need to take sugar in the morning to like carb up and get your veins popping. I mean, it goes into it. It's, it's not just, you don't just wake up and look like that. That yeah, is not, yeah. that's not the situation. And I think, I oh mean, people just don't know what goes into it mm. because I mean, for us, it's almost like a rich dad, poor dad type situation. It's like, obviously, you'd buy a house. Obviously, you'd dehydrate. Obviously, you'd carb up. And like for them, it's just like, well, they don't, they don't know. No, they don't. Yeah. You say, I'm not like, when I, mean, when I said that, you know, the general public can't or won't look like me at least. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm even on the level of like a Ryan Terry or a Steve Cook. You're or very vascular. Those no, oaks those guys that have been on the cover, you know, even beating certain people in shows and winning shows and like I've never seen myself on those people's level even the people that I beat on the day and I think you know, you kind of need to have that mindset through life I believe that humility and not having it's like they an say, inflamed ego it's, it's like they say the most successful people are people who believe they're never good enough or that they something to that effect. They, they, they don't believe they're good enough, but they believe that they're also like the best. They need to keep on evolving, but they're also not at all by any means. Like a very contradictory type statement. Mm. And I feel like that's that is true. That resonates with what you just said. Now is the fact that when you go on a bodybuilding show or a stage, um, you're like, yes, I am the shit, but damn skinny. It's like that type yeah. of mindset. Like I, I think it's never good enough. In, yeah, it's never good enough. Positive in a positive, in a positive way. Like exactly. it's not. Oh no, I suck. It's you know oh, what I, I could do better. Or exactly. you know that one weekend where I wasn't supposed to have a cheat meal. I may not have had a cheat meal, but I had extra rice. Like maybe if I didn't have that extra rice, you know, it's those certain things that you d you always think that there's more that could have been done. There's always more, you know, inches that you could have added, or there's certain things that you could have done to be better. There's more callouts you could have done on leads. There's more. Yeah, exactly. There's always more to do. And I think you need that humility in terms of, you know, always saying like, you know, I'm not working hard enough. But also, you know, different people are different. Some people are happy being complacent. But I think to be successful, you need to say, you know, it's, even though, you know, I got the X, amen, X many amount of clients per month, like I think I could have done more. I could have done this. I could have done that. I could have sacrificed more. The thing is, especially to the people who want to be that someone, you know, that, that person that's like really – an exception. Those are the type of people that you should never be happy with. With like, you could always be better. And if you think you've done the most, you're wrong. You can never do the most. Mm. That's just impossible. You can always be better. But take that with with a positive light. Take that with, like, I guess exactly like you said to the clients. Like, you can just be better. There's always more to do. There's more to learn. There's more to experience. There's more people to network with. There's 
more ways to get more leads. There's, it's always, it's, it's literally, it's a fucking universe. It's yeah. vast. It's infinite. You know, you mentioned, so I assume someone like David Goggins, you kind of like, why be like that? You know, who's that? That you don't know David Goggins. I think I, I've heard, I think I've heard the name once, and then the person was also like, you don't know who that is. Yeah, no, he's so he's he's one of those guys where it's like you have to be tough. You have to be you know, mentally strong, yes. <laughs> so he's he he essentially how he basically you mm. know obviously he was in the military, all of that kind I, of I stuff. Know story. I know and then that. he went and said, "What is the toughest running race on the planet? I want to do that." And obviously, he's he was actually literally he's been on Joe Rogan several times, but he was just on Joe Rogan's show. Well, that went live lot yesterday, I think. So he just released a new book, but it's about you know that mindset of you have to be tough. You have to, you know, if your legs are tired, don't allow your legs to be tired. Don't allow your mind to tell you that your legs are tired. Keep pushing, keep going. Endure, endure, endure. It's your mind telling you that something's sore or that you need to stop. You know, it's your mind. Push past that and be better. At some point, yes. Firstly, yes. I agree with the point that like you shouldn't fold immediately like a lawn chair. Um, but I also think there's no reason to push as hard as, as, as that man did. Like, realistically, I think I've, if I can remember one of the few clips I can, like, click, he ran and he got, he, I think he broke his shins. Yeah, and, like, pushed, I don't know yeah. how, but he yeah. continued to run. <laughs> that, that's that's moronic, too. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> like, how can you? <laughs> it just makes no, like, anatomical I sense. I don't know, but that's, that's, that's moronic to me. I, th- I like, like, for instance, he... A lot of what he says is true, and there's and there's substance behind it, and there's and you can learn from it. But it's like, at some point, you also need to identify how extreme some of the stuff he does is, and how you should not do that because he's done it. You see what it did to him. And also, I think the biggest thing that people don't think about on social media is, you know, he's saying all these things. He's essentially the same with you know with Liver King now, with all the you know the juice and whatever that he's been taking. He is always saying, eat liver, do this, do this, do this. And he shows videos in small little clippets of him eating these foods. We don't know that he's absolutely every single meal doing this, but we, we're, we're he, trusting him because that's all he shows. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's, it's, purely, it's purely marketing. Yeah. He went in, he was a rich man prior to, prior to his, his social media success. A rich man knows how to get rich. He had an idea in mind. He had a goal in mind. I think this was even disclosed on, on More Plates, More Data's email. It's the fact that he had a structure in mind. He had editors. He had everything planned out on how to build this business. It wasn't for fun. It was a business. Um, and the thing is, that's also with, with the dude you said now who runs a lot. He, David Goggins, um, he's selling books. He's not doing it for free. He's not doing it for fun. So he is, could be exaggerating for all we know. He like very much To is. sell more he money. Doesn't, doesn't t- you, you know the way he talks. No one talks like that. Yeah. I run 6,000 miles a day. Like, no one talks like that. You don't talk it's like marketing. that. It's marketing. It is. But that's the thing. Don't what, what he's saying has tons of merit Good and job. is great, but don't take everything he says where now that you've broken a shin on a run, you have to keep on going, yeah. otherwise just, you're just, soft. Just fucking salt by that. Just take it with a yeah. pinch of salt. Because, yeah, no, it's all, it's all marketing. Um, although, it must be said, don't hate the player, hate the game. Hate the fact that it works. And then learn from it and apply it, realistically. Um, you can hate it as much as you want. That type of structure will get you the results that you want in business and in social media. 
because you firstly are unique. Um, because firstly, everyone talks like we're talking now. Like it is, people naturally talk like this. Not everyone talks like Liver King. Mm. You can there's like a there's a very distinguishable factor when they talk. It's a very sort of punchy, hard. Like, it's an act. It's an act. Yeah. It's commendable. The fact that they can do that constantly. Um, it's impressive. Yeah. So now that's also something that I've battled with in my life is, you know, being so dedicated and, you know, working so hard to something, but then particular things in my life suffer. So for example, and like the perfect example was, you know, my relationship with a person suffered because I was always working. Because I was always so dedicated, because I was always, you know, not wanting to cheat on my diet or not always at the same time. But, you know, because of all these things, because I was so driven towards a goal, relationships suffered. So there does sometimes need to be balance where that person is not getting in the way of your progression, but also you're not just excluding everyone else from your life. If I, have, I think you're asking the worst person here for, for this. I, I seriously, I cut out every female from like a long-term situation just purely because I know where I want to be and just sort of the nature of what I do. I'm always around, I'm always filming, and I'm, I'm always busy. And um, it, even with friends, be like, hey, Chris, let's go ask. I'm like, no, sorry, I've got a meeting with the American client or something to that effect. It's just never, it's, it's, it's very difficult to have like a sustained long-term relationship. Um, and, and I think that's fine. That's, when, if it works, it works. And when it works, it will work. So don't, don't push it. Keep sort of showing up to what you're doing, to work, to your goals, and work towards them. Because um, at the end of the day, like, you shouldn't go chasing it like a relationship. Don't do that. A relationship will come when it needs to happen. But also you need to look at, I think, what makes you happy. So if always grafting and always being behind your computer and working and always working out and all of these things make you happy, do that. But if... Having a girlfriend makes you happy. Don't make yourself unhappy because the world expects you to be successful, to make a lot of money. Like You need to find what you want in life, what you truly want. All of these topics discussed are very relative to yeah, person a person listening. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you love companionship, go for companionship. Because at the end of the day, companionship will be very beneficial to you actually achieving your goals. But there also, like for you and I, there is going to come a goal where they fit into our life, where they completely understanding and encouraging and understand, okay, no, he's building something. I'm not going to get in the way of that. I'm going to support him. And then because they are and have that mindset, we'll be able to love them in, in the way we love and they'll be understanding of the way that we love. Here's a question for you. Would you, just because this has been asked to me and like to hear your, 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 your opinion on it, would you want a girl in the same field as you? I don't know. I, I don't think I would have a problem with it or not have a problem with it. A topic that was raised, like, what if, like, for instance, you guys are working in the same setting, you come home, and that obviously work just gets carried with you, and then you just keep chatting about work. I feel like that'd be, because it's, because of the one side, if you take, like, sort of content creation, it would be cool. You guys create content together, sort of like a power couple team. Um, but also at some point, like, you get home and you just want to chill and be like, oh, we're going to shoot TikToks or some mm, shit like that. Yeah. Yo, well, essentially, I was in a relationship where we lived together, I worked from home, we went to gym together, we competed together, we were with each other essentially 24-7. And being together 24-7 obviously had its you know arguments, all of that, but it was okay. 
because our our goals and our visions, our go- our goals mm. and our vision was aligned with each other. You know, that's nice. Obviously, that relationship didn't work out, and other things kind of you know broke it apart. But essentially, I didn't at the time find it a problem. You know, mm. now I would like to have a different where you're not with someone constantly twenty four seven. But I think in terms of working in the same field as someone. I wouldn't mind, but some people that maybe will get jealous that let's take online training. If two online trainers are dating, now she is making more money than <laughs> me, I'm going to be jealous or I'm going to be there. So I think it depends on the person and their ability mm. to be able to have less of an ego and allow your partner, or not allow, but be okay with yes. your partner You know, making more money than you. So I think it also depends on the person. But for me, I wouldn't really mind. But also I know with my not my ego, but more my competitiveness, that I will always want to be doing better. Yeah. And that's where I think maybe that is just ego. Like yeah, maybe that is just my ego, where I have to be better than someone that's else. It's not actually what I've always thought is me just being competitive. Mm. Might actually me, just me being, having an inflated ego, be like, I need to be better than that person. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think it's good that you can do some self, some, some introspection, be like, hmm, what is this? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's the biggest thing, understanding yourself. Understanding but I think we all obviously have levels of ego. Mm. And, you know, looking for the, like looking for a comp- at a competition, let's say, or looking at improving your social media. I think you also need to look at the reasoning behind why you're trying to grow these things because that will underst- help you understand and maybe prevent you from getting upset when it doesn't grow. Because again, if it's based on ego and it doesn't grow, you're going to be upset. Once again, this leads back to enjoying the journey and not the outcome. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is with, with relationships, with business, with anything, enjoy the journey, enjoy the dates, enjoy sort of chatting it up, enjoy all of that. Don't, don't be like, I'm going for this for the wife. And then when yeah. the wife doesn't work, it's like, no. Well, bro, you mentioned, you know, enjoying the journey and... So I brought up, you know, the competitive nature mm. of relationships. Let's look at, you know, the create creators in South Africa, people that are creating content mm. in general, might be different fields, whatever it may be. Why is it, which I feel, maybe I'm wrong, but why is it that there's kind of a, I don't want them to succeed, I only want to get followers, I only want to be the one to succeed. I just get that feeling. It's very toxic. And it's true. It's true. There's all the whole, well, not whole, I'm generalizing. There are probably exceptions. There are exceptions. Um, it's it's just difficult to collaborate, especially sort of in the fitness scape. I've got lots of there's lots of fitness creators in South Africa. It's just difficult to work with them, and and I think a large portion comes from that is the fact that if brands were to organize meetups, so it wouldn't be like, hey, this creator is inviting me to do something. It's rather, hey, I'm affiliated with this brand. Let me go to this meetup. And then that brand connects lots of people. I think that would be very beneficial. Um, but just in terms of like content creators in, in SA, it's just everyone, it's a, it's a very big ego thing. I'm, I'm speaking from Cape Town. We Cape Town where that's a big factor to play. It's like, oh, I have this many followers. I should, <coughs> excuse me, I should get free drinks and, and this, that, and the following. It's just, it's very ego driven. Um, and I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've collaborated with someone. Um, when they had like 20,000 followers and they popped off and they got 60,000 followers and it's like, oh, I've got 5,000 followers more than you. It's just a, it's a silly little game. Um, whereas it would be so much more beneficial where everyone could just be like, like for instance, make a group chat, be like, 
yo, fitness dude, I'm going to go to this gym, let's have a meet and let's just lift and have fun, shoot a YouTube video. And it, leverage off each other. Exactly. Like, everyone just, benefits. It just doesn't, it never, it almost never materializes for the reason of ego, for the reason of just sort of, I feel like everyone believes they can be a self-made man and that's just the worst mindset to have because no one is self-made. Um, if it's your best friend who videos you, if it's the guy you collabed with that got you five leads and that gave you referrals, it's always, it's a, it's a collaborative thing. And that's something that I really want to start pushing for, like for. Um, just longer term relationships in the fitness game. It doesn't have to be just purely fitness. It can be, I don't know, any, anyone. Just, Anything, yeah. Just create it, it, cool content. Just, yeah. Because, for instance, the YouTube scene in South Africa, it's lacking. There's such a big market for it. But the thing is, it would be so. Can you imagine if we had like sidemen for South Africa? That shit would be hilarious. Get the one color together, yo, master. And then it was just like, just be yeah. cute. And it would be such a wholesome thing. It would be like such a Rainbow Nation thing. You would have everyone from all ethnicities, ethnicities just pull up and make this funniest content. But it just doesn't happen because everyone is caught up in this ego drive to be better than one another. Um, hopefully it changes at some point, but it's just it's just so competitive to the point that if you're better than someone, they just either cut you off or just never chats to you. It's just a, it's just a weird dynamic. Hopefully it can change. Yeah, and I think, you know, you need to just like support other people's success. I think that's the biggest thing. Maybe it's more also because in South Africa there's less money and less general success than maybe 100%. let's say America. So people are kind of like, I'm going to take every opportunity I can to be to be some sort of success. And because the pools and in all markets are all very much smaller, people, you know, won't praise other people for doing well. They won't, you know, clap and support other people, pat them on the back and say, good for you. Even though we're in the same mm. industry, even though we essentially competition of each other, you know, you succeeding, the more that you succeeding actually potentially can help me succeed. But for example, like you've got zoo culture, like let's go at Bradley Martin's gym, zoo culture. That's where it's pretty much, like it's, a, it's an influencer gym. It's pretty much just a bunch of influencers going there. That That's the type of space that I was referring to. That's like a safe space for creators where they can, for example, take off their shirt. If I take off my shirt in Vagin Active, I have five employees running to me. Be like, no, no, you can't do that. No. And even with videoing, if I video, it's a big issue. It's, I'm not going to go into it. Um, but that's like a safe, there's no real safe space that is properly kitted out for creators to connect, have a hub and create content together. Not that they're forced to create content, but that they have the ability to. That, hey, I like you. Let's create content. Like, no, I actually don't like the person that much, so I'm not going to do it to them. But they're in the same space. Over time, I'll build a relationship. And over time, I will come to like them. And if you really don't like them, cool, who cares? No one actually gives a shit. There's like 5,000 other influencers you can make friends with. It's just having the ability to do that. And just access. There's no real access for people to do that. So how do you get past that, though? Like, in terms of, you know, as there's no zoo cultures. In well, for instance... Um, there's a there's a there's a gym that I go to which is quite open to sort of videoing and I'd love to and I'm love to actually sort of plan a meetup invite a bunch of people MJ Lee Dylan um, Young Sizwe uh, 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 no not Sizwe Sia Sia get fit 
Um, and even some female creators that are not old, maybe. So if your name wasn't mentioned on that list, you're obviously not cool enough. Not cool enough. Those, <laughs> are like the, those are like the immediate circle that like, I kind of know. Um, just like invite these people and just fucking shoot because we all create content. Why not create content together? Why not shoot a stupid reel together? That's also a big thing. Holy shit, this, this fucking pet peeve me. These people take it too fucking seriously. Creators and stuff some, like some of them just take it too serious. They just can't make a joke of themselves for online, which is just weird. Have fun. What if it does, what if it's something that maybe doesn't fit your brand though? Like what if it's something that like like I know I don't want to do a dancing video. You didn't have to do a dancing video, but like like if we do something stupid, cool. But I don't want to dance. Like that just doesn't fit my brand. I don't want to be seen dancing. Like it's just obviously no, that, that's the, like fair. a TikTok, like, you know. Josh Richards type dance. I don't want to be doing that. <laughs> Fully. And I don't expect you to. But like, for instance, um, if I had to think of the top of the head, um, a collab from TikTok, it would be JPG um, and another a creator that makes fitness related content, uh, uh, tips, gym tips. Um, they just collabed on a video where it was just, just weird. It was, it was like a demon mode and then JPG standing in the background with like devil eyes. It was just a, a weird thing. And people... Love that. Yeah. Just yeah, like those kind of things where like obviously like Noel when he yeah. came to South Africa and did all those videos. Yeah, MJ MJ did a collab with Noel. Yes. Like uh, those okay, kind of things or that's sick. A video where you Bradley Martin is deadlifting a girl. Like those kind of funny silly yes, and that's a collab. That's a collab between Bradley Martin and that chick. And like for instance, if I'm uh if I'm copying an exercise of like the one influence, like, oh yeah, he's standing next to me and like everyone knows MJ and then I go stand next to MJ and like sort of cool some weights. That's yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. People just take it too seriously. MJ, you don't take it seriously, by the way. But, <laughs> but that's what Noel also does well, is the fact that he includes everyone. But also, he doesn't take himself seriously. He collabs. Every now and then, he'll have some random girl ask a question, and you don't really know who that girl is. Mm. But she'll be some fitness creator that has like 40,000 followers, and be like, oh, yeah, sick. But I think that's the thing, is you can't feel like you're above someone else. No, and that's, and that's the issue, in I think, with some of South Africa's content creators. Where, yeah, and essentially, like, You've got sixty thousand followers. You've got eighty thousand followers. Like, and then they'll look down on someone who's fifteen, and it'll be like, bro, you've got eighty thousand followers. You know what? Now like, that you mentioned, I remember I got a comment once on one of my posts. You'd be like, Chris, you can't be South Africa's uh, fitness TikToker because that's already null. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're not doing the not, same thing. It's not thing. mutually exclusive. Yeah, it is not mutually exclusive, and that's what's fucked. It's with everybody wants to be mutually exclusive. I want to be the best. Bodybuilder. I want to be the best funny creator. I want to be the best. It just no. Let's all just be great. Mm. Let's all be awesome. If you look at other podcasters in America, no one's like, no, you can't do that. That's Joe Rogan's thing. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. There's, Silly. you know, what Noel has done. You know, videos that you have done. You put your own personal spin on it. It's not identical to Noel. It's not like you copying mm. him. It's there's a massive market for education. Why does there only have to be one person doing it? It's silly. It's just a, it's just a little bit of a skewed thing. I think that's people people latch onto an idea and then associate that idea with someone. And the moment you resonate any sort with that idea, people like I'm South African, not South African. Got the same accent, kind of. Like it's just educational gym content, educational gym content. Just but I think that's also and I think it's a great, you know, way to look at it in life is people's opinions and their thoughts and what they say in a negative aspect, often reflects themselves, not the person. So if someone goes to you and says, I think it's silly, you're trying to copy Noel, whatever, why are you making these videos? 
It's more just maybe that person saying it is just not comfortable doing that and they are too shy and now they are trying to belittle you. A winner in life has never given me bad, like derogatory comments. It has only been losers and nobodies who has come to my page or come to me in person and given me some sort of derogatory comment. Do not, and that's why that's like I'm sticking to this. In life, when someone tries to break you down, bullies in school, people on social media, haters in your life, family members, if they give you derogatory comments on what you're about, it's most probably coming from a place of inferiority. And anyone who has a winner's mindset will commend you for trying and commend you for stepping out of your comfort zone and doing good things. They'll be like, yo, that was sick, dude. Not be like, hey, you could have done better, or ha ha, you've, you look funny in that. It's not, it's never, those type of comments never come from a winner. Yeah, and I think the, the most successful people in life are those people that will, you know, look at other people who are maybe doing better than them and try to learn from them and try, you know, have a learning mindset. You know, you're in the gym, you might still look great, but there's someone that looks better than you. Don't look at them and try to pick out their one little weakness. Like, look at what them. A, what an ego do us? Yeah, like look at them and just be like, yo, that person looks really good. You know, are they doing a particular exercise I've never tried or are they doing this? Are they doing that? You know, when I was boxing, mm. I would look at a boxer who's far better than me, who was five years younger than me. I wasn't like, oh no, um, he's, actually, he's got skinnier legs than me. <laughs> it was... Look at his footwork. Look at that. That's great. I really want to try and implement that to be better. It was never trying to degrade the person who was better than me and try to look out for that one little weakness that they had. Actually, actually I actually have a really funny story about this. Um, so there's this guy in the gym, my local gym, and he's ultra wealthy, like Andrew Tate, fuck you type money. Um, and I, <laughs> I was so adamant to like, please, let me just understand how you think. But I'm like, dude, let's go for a coffee. And I was like, yeah, I'll show you as my number. I messaged him like, oh, my excuse. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm like, dude, like you're back from Dubai. Can we, can we, can we do this meeting? He's like, oh, I'm busy. And then after the third, I was like, yo, dude, just fucking come gym with me. <laughs> and then I spent that whole gym session chatting, like just picking his brain and trying to understand how he thinks. And like, I was adamant. Um, and we end up, I pretty much just, nag this guy for the whole hour of that session be like dude so how did you get into think how did you how's your mindset progress and how, well, what made you make these decisions um and that was probably one of the most eye-opening comments like gym sessions of my life and that's just never be ashamed to learn never because look this this interaction could have gone one of two ways one i get this meeting and i learn something new two he says no and i'm exactly the same spot Never be ashamed to learn. And if you just, just put yourself out there, you have nothing to lose. Just keep learning, keep listening to people. Assume that you're the dumbest person in the room. Assume that you're the poorest and assume that you're the fattest. Then be like, sick. Now allow yourself to just absorb information like a sponge, bro. Just get there. That's, that's, like, that's the trick to life, I think, is just not thinking you're better than anyone. And that has been Conversations with Chris. Um, firstly, Thank you very much for having me. It's been awesome. And I hope you guys learned something from this. And so the African content creators, let's get together, please. Thank you. Go home, go home.